Hello, this is Margie Bissinger, and today we'll be mapping osteoporosis on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important, not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Margie Bissinger. Margie Bissinger is a physical therapist, health coach, and happiness trainer. She has over 25 years of experience helping people with osteoporosis improve their bone health. She is the author of Osteoporosis, an exercise guide, and the host of the Happy Bones, Happy Life podcast. Margie oversees all the osteoporosis initiatives in the state of New Jersey and teaches an online osteoporosis course. Margie's been featured in the New York Times, Menopause Management, OBGYN News, and contributed to numerous health and fitness books. And I'm proud to say that Margie is also a Full Body Systems graduate. Margie, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here, Andrea. What a joy to have you here. What a treat, really. And I'm super excited to talk about this topic. I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather speak to about it, Margie. I've just watched you grow and develop your understanding. We're talking about osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is, of course, when the bones become weak and brittle. Can we explore a little bit about why osteoporosis is so important for us to be considering? I'm so excited to be here because I think as practitioners working with people at all ages, we have such an opportunity to really make a difference in the trajectory of osteoporosis because most people think of it, oh, it's an older person's disease or it's a problem that affects older people. But really, it starts from day one, how you take care of your bones. And I believe if we take care of way back, you know, if we go back to childhood and because most people develop, women develop 80 to 90% of their bone before the age of 18 and men it's before 20. So these areas, the areas when we're younger, the areas, you know, in young adulthood, we need to even look at people then because it's sort of like a bank, you build your bone and then you have more later on if you do lose some. So what we do when we're younger and the people we're working with can make a huge, huge difference. And the other thing is there's so much, even when people get osteoporosis, there's so much that we have in our toolbox 
really changed lives. So I'm really excited. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, like you said, you could talk about this for hours and I'm glad you do. And we'll make sure to link to where you do talk about it for hours. There's a lot of different reasons for the development of osteoporosis. I mean, there are medications that interact with bones. There's certainly inactivity. I think we all know that, but there's smoking and alcohol. Our genes can predispose us thyroid issues, estrogen deficiencies, mineral deficiencies. Do you see this all coming up like it's a stew of different factors and it doesn't really yes. matter? We just need to get in there and work on it? You know what, Andrea? You hit it on the head. And that's the thing. Most traditional physicians don't really care. You know, someone will get a bone density test and, oh, you have osteoporosis medication. Mm. And it matters so much, as you said, what is the root cause? What's contributing to this? So I think everything we do with the way we treat other issues, we need to also do that with osteoporosis. And rarely is, you know, are the bones in isolation. So usually when you have osteoporosis, you also will have other issues, but it may be what brought the person in. Yeah, it's sort of like an equation, right? Like, let's say we have low estrogen and because we're aging, there's more bone breakdown or for other reasons, genetics or history of smoking or drinking, and there's not enough of that building. There's something really interesting there with that bone breakdown and that bone building. Can you talk about the osteoblasts, osteoclasts? Do I have sure. that right? Yes, absolutely. So osteoporosis means porous bones, but there's two parts to that. There's, there's, there's also the architecture, the microarchitecture of the bone. And so that also breaks down. But there's two types of cells. So there's osteoblasts that build bone and there's osteoclasts. And there's a normal process of bone remodeling. So every 10 years we have a new skeleton. And so we lose some bone and the osteoclasts like dig a little bit, get rid of some, some old bone and then new bones put down. And that's what keeps our bones fresh and healthy. And so what happens with for different reasons, you know, one being with menopause and with a reduction in estrogen is that you you end up having apoptosis or loss of the of the osteo of the osteoblast so mm. you're getting some death of the osteoblast and increase in osteoclasts which is a breakdown so there's an imbalance then of the breakdown there's more breakdown than there's building up so you have a net loss of bone I love when there are these balancing acts that we can point out in the body and recognize that there's always a buildup and a breakdown. And when those things get out of balance, that's when we hit this place of having issues. And I find that osteoporosis, and I've said this to you before, Margie, it's one of those issues that really sets people into a state of alarm, like more so sometimes than a cancer diagnosis. I really see people get freaked out. Do you see this in your practice? Oh my gosh, Andrea, people come in and they think their life is over. You know, they feel great. Nothing has happened because the, the weird thing about osteoporosis is that unlike someone coming to see you with a GI issue, oftentimes it's, there's no symptoms, right. you know, it, 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 and so they will just find out they have this bone density and all of a sudden they have a diagnosis of osteoporosis. So now they're envisioning a life of immobility, right. of being older, not able to enjoy all the things they, they have. So what I always tell people is look at it 
as a reset. You're given an opportunity to sort of look in, you feel fine. You look and you see something may be off balance. So it gives you a time that you can affect things. Because so many times people are couch potatoes and they're not eating well. And this is what gives them that window so they can make the changes and not only do their bones improve, but everything else improves as well as you know how everything's so connected. But yes, people are so freaked out and they don't even realize, you know, they're always worried, oh, am I doing the right exercises? Am I eating properly? Not realizing that the stress is such a huge piece of this and needs to be dealt with. Ooh, I love that we got into stress. I was going to ask you to bust the calcium myths, but then let's talk about stress and osteoporosis. So when we think about osteoporosis, usually the first thing people do is try to supplement with calcium. That may still be one of the recommendations we're hearing from more standard care. What are your thoughts there? Well, what I see is that you're exactly right. What happens is typically the doctors will tell people, you know, up your calcium. They don't really even ask them what they're eating. Sometimes they'll say it's changed a little bit because even the National Osteoporosis Foundation says food first. You know, we know with calcium more is not better. That's definitely been established. And so the absolute maximum they want anybody having now is 1,200 with food plus. I mean, this is from the physicians, food plus supplements. But what I see is that people are getting too much calcium yes. because they're taking calcium and they are also getting vitamin D. Most of the doctors do put people in vitamin D and that's it. So they're missing the magnesium, yes. which is so crucial. They're missing the K2, which we need to get the calcium into the bones and out of the soft tissue, plus all of the other components that are important for bone. So it's not just calcium and vitamin D. And I see that as a problem because too much calcium can cause problems. Yes. You know, there's, you know, we don't want kidney stones. We don't want issues with cardiac. So, you know, we don't want it going in places that it shouldn't be. So. Yeah. I always try to remind people that calcium can cause calcification. So where we get our calcium from is important as well as not taking too much. And like you said, the vitamin D that should be measured, magnesium can be measured. We can look at these things and start to determine, as you said earlier, some of those roots, because we may see somebody who's balanced in their minerals and has other issues like estrogen leading to their or low estrogen leading to their osteoporosis. So stress, how's that impacting our bones? Oh my gosh, stress is so unbelievable because they've done studies actually showing that stress reduces the activity of the osteoblast, the bone building cells. So there's actually, and they've done studies on stress and showing that there's a relationship between stress and bone density. There's an actual correlation. So not only stress, but you know, with cortisol, cortisol is the big problem. That cortisol is the stress hormone, and that reduces the activity of the osteoblast. But even people's social stress and isolation, they've made done studies showing that that reduces bone density. And even even happiness, which you know I'm big in, <laughs> I teach <laughs> happiness. But happiness, they've shown when people are you know people who are happier and people who are content with their life have higher bone density. So. It's a huge piece, just like it is with everything. But I've seen in this population a very high level of stress and high cortisol. So it's something that we absolutely need. It needs to be a part of everybody's treatment. Right. And that's going to be so connected to those other sex hormone issues as 
well. What about yeah. nutrition and hydration? I know this is a passion of yours in relation to bone health. What are your recommendations there? Okay, well, what I see all the time, I see micronutrient deficiency. I really do. I see, and I see a tremendous amount of GI issues. Mm. So all of the things with malabsorption, poor digestion, dysbiosis, must be addressed. And I think that's what bothers me so much about the traditional care is someone's going to be put on a medication that reduces stomach acid, that causes all sorts of problems, but yet they have a serious GI issue contributing to the osteoporosis. So I think that, yes, I think you know things that we do, the, the good thing is it's not that much different than things we do for other conditions, but right. I think we need to address that. And what I like to do, because with osteoporosis, different than other things, you don't get feedback. Mm. You know, if you have a GI issue, and a lot of people may have GI without symptoms. You know, if you have an issue, people are telling you how they feel or the skin condition or, but sometimes you don't have that. And, you know, people may not be getting a bone density or the bone markers for months. Right. So that's why I, if I can have people do micronutrient testing. So just that we see, is there anything, is there anything lacking? Because, you know, you really want to make sure that you're addressing everything that you possibly can be that could be causing this. And are there specific micronutrients that you see commonly appear as deficient in those diagnosed with osteoporosis? I do. I see oftentimes, I mean, there actually is a fair amount. That's what's so interesting. Um, something that's very interesting that I wouldn't have expected, but I see it almost in every bit. Um, CoQ10 mm. is one that I see all the time that's reduced and depends what people are taking, you know, but I see vitamin K, you know, vitamin K2 is, is deficient and each person's different. Right. Each person is very different, but I do see that people will have a lot of nutrient, you know, there can be people who are just, you know, for malabsorption, just really yes. not getting, not getting the nutrients. So yeah. So important for us to think about. And before we talk about exercise, which I know is also something you feel really passionate about, are there favorite foods that you would be recommending we introduce for our clients and patients that are calcium rich or that have the right mineral balance that we need? Yeah, my favorite are the leafy greens because yeah. you get so much for them. So I love collards. I mean, 265 per one cup milligram, you know, 265 milligrams of calcium. That's amazing. And they have so many other things as well in terms of the magnesium. It's just, they're just loaded with bone building nutrients. So I love the collards and I like to make wraps with them and mm -hmm. even put them around. Like if you're making a turkey burger or a bean burger, you could use it as a wrap and you know, or put any sort of filler in it because sometimes people don't like the taste of them. But I also love bok choy, kale. So those are my favorites, I would say. The leafy greens are my absolute favorites. That's where I would start with people. Now let's move from the leafy greens to lift and weights, presence of iron. What do we need to do? This is so, so, so important because it isn't, as a physical therapist, I've been working with osteoporosis for over 25 years. And I was a physical therapist before I went back for nutrition. So this is something I've been dealing with for a long time. And the problem is a lot of people will just tell their clients or, you know, just do weight bearing and resistance exercise. 
Well, the problem is that is absolutely not enough. Hmm. It really matters. The studies have been very positive, and there's a recent study called the LIFMORE trial where they actually showed people increase their lumbar spine bone density by 2.9%. And what they did that was high intensity resistance and also impact training. So it was really much higher than anyone would think you would want to do with people. But the bone responds to the forces placed upon it. And so the two ways we can get increase in bone density, it's sort of like if you're contracting your muscle against a resistance, that resistance is saying, hey, we need more bone here. And the same thing when if we're jumping, what for putting forces and your weight bearing on our bones, it's saying we need more bone and bone is produced in response. But what happens is oftentimes people aren't doing high enough intensity exercise. My recommendation is you recommend a physical therapist that has training in osteoporosis mm-hmm. because, you know, people, some people, their posture isn't right. They could really hurt themselves. It really needs to be supervised. And I think the best thing, and most of the times it's covered by insurance, even one time just to look at them, get them on the right program is, is critical. It can make all the difference in the world because this piece, if they're just walking, that's not enough. It's not enough stimulus for the bones. And I think the recent studies, and you can look up the Lifmore trial where they you know, took older people, people that even had fractures you know, and had osteoporosis and showed that by doing these much higher intensity, what they did, it was 30 minutes and it was five sets of five repetitions which was almost greater than 80% of one repetition maximum. So what that meant is that you were doing an exercise where around like 10 repetitions, you would be tired. So they're higher resistance, smaller amount of repetitions and, and really quite effective, more effective than anything else. Is that repetition of like a weight bearing or a body bearing burst yeah. type exercise? Well, it's interesting because I love the burst training as well. But when they've studied this, not to say that's not great, that's wonderful. But when they've studied this, they did the weight trainings. You know, they did. So you would do 10 repetitions. They found that it's, it's the weight that stimulates the bone versus the versus doing more exercise. So it's not the amount of repetitions. It's doing, ideally, what I always do is start people like at 15 because you don't want to start them too low. But then ideally you want them at a, you know, using a weight with around 10 repetitions. That's somewhat hard to, to do, to finish with good form. So it's better to do more intense as long as they can tolerate it in perfect form with no pain. So it's a balancing act. And that's why I think it's so important that they initially at least work with someone and not just put a video on. And, you know, again, there are things that are safe, you know, Tai Chi and different things. But, you know, if you can to advise them to work with a physical therapist or at least follow a physical, you know, just so you know. But the other thing I just wanted to make sure people know is there is something that's very unsafe that most people also don't know of. And that is forward bending for someone that has osteoporosis, rounding out the spine, forward bending. What they've shown is that increases the risk of vertebral fractures. So they, you know, they did a study at the Mayo Clinic years ago, and they'll never repeat it because the results were so awful, Mm. you know, and they looked at different things, but they showed when people did only forward bending, rounding the spine, so like touching your toes, 
and doing sit-ups and certain yoga poses, they had an 89% fracture rate. And so wow. the reason is because it's the front of the vertebrae that's compressed mm. when you do those activities and versus when they just did extension or strengthening the back, a 16%. That's amazing. That's a good clinical pearl right there. I mean, what I really love that we're talking about, and I could talk to you more and more, and I want to wrap this up and we might need to come back for more, Margie, but is that this is, you're talking about both prevention that we can get involved early, but also that there are things we can do for potential reversal with diet and lifestyle. Yes, and that's what I've seen. The other thing I just want to mention is when they, they do the bone density, they only look at the quantity of bone in that DEXA scan. That's it. But there's something called the TBS with this trabecular bone scoring where they also look at the quality. So even if your bone density is low and your quality is good, that's going to make a huge difference if you fracture or not. And at the end of the day, that's what we're most concerned about. So there is so much we can do, you know, just the way we, you know, vitamin C and protein is going to keep that bone matrix healthy. So there's just things that we do can make huge, huge difference in prevention, as well as, you know, when someone is diagnosed, things can get better. Margie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and for the passion you have around this issue. I think it touches us all at some point or another, both personally and professionally. And I'm so grateful to have you in our community. Oh, well, I'm so grateful for you, Andrea, because you've taught me so much when it comes to nutrition. And I just love the work that you're doing in the world. So thank you so much. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week with our podcast releases, go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch. We want to know your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. 